everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CVTPFL. It's Tuesday. It is February 11th. It's 2020. We have five basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. I am joined by my good buddy, Jordan Cooper. Blenderhead, how are you doing, my friend? Good. I mean, I, I was on the right side of uh, RHJ versus Chris Boucher, which was essentially that's what if you played cash on the DraftKings tonight. Pretty much what it was. You probably did well anyway. So apparently, the theme of this NBA season is that uh, when there's a lot of chalk, just jam them all in. It was, it was even hard to get away from like the chalk guys in, in like tournaments today, just because like they were just such good plays. Um, so I, I don't know. I hate when that happens, but when when the slate is not priced for Giannis to sit and Giannis sits, like obviously it's going to break slates. Like, and that's going right, to happen. And then Ibaka sits and then yep. we get into, we get all this news and then it's like, Oh, okay. I guess uh, I, we got to play Giannis the next game, right? The baby narrative. Baby narrative. Yeah. Um, well, it depends on what his prices and who they're playing. So oh, it doesn't matter. It's a baby narrative. 17, oh, like, four, I, who cares? <laughs> he'll, um, he'll get like that. Like, you know, 28 minutes, 70 fantasy point game. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, we move on. We have a five game slate and we have four Vegas totals um, the night before. So we're waiting on a little bit of injury news on this slate, but we have a lot um, going into this one. So that means obviously there's going to be a lot of news that comes out tomorrow just because I said that and I totally just jinxed it. But uh, ready to jump into this one. We start here with the Clippers at the 76ers. 226 uh, total in this game. Philly favored by a half a point. Patrick Beverly is the only injury news that we have in this game. Um, what are we looking at here for the Clippers? I think this is a game that is going to be more interesting to watch than to roster. With all the Clippers healthy now, I think everyone is fairly efficiently priced. I mean, they do have Marcus Morris now in the rotation. Uh, but, I mean, he's not going to have a major role with both Kawhi and Paul George playing. You know, Lou Williams is priced appropriately. Harrell is, I mean, I mean, essentially, they're, they're, other than Beverly, they're, they're all healthy. But, I mean, the, the, the guys that would be in for Beverly are guys like Shamet and Magruder and guys that really have no usage anyway. So, like, you could play a Kawhi at 9,300. I think this is going to be a competitive game. But I don't see, like, subsidiary pieces here. Like, I'm going to either play, like, Kawhi or Paul George. And then, I like, I don't really care about anyone. Yeah, like, I, I don't think I'm going to use, like, Terrence Mann here or any of these guys. Like, Terrence Mann would play 15 minutes off the bench here with no Beverly, I would guess. Um, but, yeah, like, for me, like, if I think this game is going to be competitive, any game that the Clippers are going to be competitive in, like, I have interest in Lou Williams. Um, you know, he's a guy that could easily go for, you know, 40-plus fantasy points. And I only like to play him in competitive games. And with this game expected to be so close, I think he's the guy that I end up, like, taking the shot on here for the Clippers. But I have no issues playing Kawhi. I have no issues playing Paul George. I do think this game stays competitive. And then, like you said, Marcus Morris maybe picks up a few extra minutes here. I think he ends up around like 26 to 27 minutes. At 5,100, I would kind of want him to be a little bit cheaper. Yeah, but, I mean, you could obviously take a shot, GPP, low own, something like that. But, uh, I mean, essentially, I view this game 
as if I play a guy on the Clippers, I'm probably playing a guy in the 76ers. Well, let's talk 76ers here. Obviously not the best matchup in the world for some of these guys. Um, what are we looking at when it comes to the 76ers? Well, I mean, I think Embiid at 9,100 on DraftKings is definitely playable against the Clippers front court. Toby Harris, I mean, a revenge game, I guess. He played for the Clippers for like half a season or something. Uh, 6,200, I mean, he, he could get hot. Uh, ben Simmons always is a triple-double threat. Uh, I think the, the only guy that I will have zero of, literally zero, is uh, Furkan Korkmaz at 4,500. Because in the past two games, he's turned into essentially, I don't know, Michael Jordan or whatever. He's like shooting like 8 million percent. Uh, people are going to look at the game logs. They're not going to realize that Burks didn't even play the last game. Maybe he gets minutes. Glenn Robinson's there now. Josh Richardson's healthy. So I think other than the fact that he just was shooting hot and they just kept him out there, like if you take a look at his past two games, and if that was his average, you'd definitely play him at 4,500 on DraftKings. But like that's, that's not sustainable. And he, the minutes aren't even secure. So, so to me, like if I'm going to play Kawhi or Paul George, I'm probably going to play Embiid, Simmons, or Harris. Horford is a shell of himself, essentially, and playing at the four in this role. I mean, I guess you could go there. I mean, I wouldn't. But uh, I'm just hoping Korkmaz is double-digit owned on a five-game slate because I will be more than happy to fade. Yeah, like I'm probably not going there either. Um, like you said, Burks, Richardson, Robinson, like there's too many pieces here now. Um, you know, so for me – I like Embiid at 9,100. Um, you know, they don't really have anybody to kind of match up with Embiid. But, like, he's a guy that he can go for 60-plus fantasy points in any matchup. It just it just depends on if he's feeling at that game or not, it feels like. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I will say, like, he's kind of lost um, that brace on his left hand, so we don't really have to worry about that anymore. So, I think Embiid, probably my main target here from Philly. Um, I don't mind Tobias at 6,200. I'm going to play plenty of minutes in this game. And then, like you said, Horford, I feel like Horford's a guy we're going to be talking about a lot in the playoffs, playing him in the playoffs. Like, you know, he's going to be a guy that is going to be underpriced in the playoffs, and we're going to be talking about him a lot. He's going to be popping in projection models. So um, moving on, we got Chicago at Washington. I feel like this is the DFS game that everybody's going to be talking about here. Um, 230 total. Washington's favored by two and a half in this game. Wendell Carter Jr. is out. Dunn is out. Markin is out. Porter is out. Valentine is doubtful. And then on the Washington side, Bryant is um, out. Let's start here with Chicago. Um, you, you start with Zach Levine, right? Like, you know, he's he's a stud on this slate, in my opinion, and he's not like 9K+. plus. Right. I mean, he, he's getting the best matchup, uh, essentially the best matchup in the entire league against the Wizards. Uh, I mean, I'm interested in, I mean, Zilavine, Sadoransky, Young. Uh, I mean, I could I could even take a shot on like a Cornette, uh, Kobe White off the bench, Hutchinson at 4,600. I mean, I have no problem getting to any of these guys. It's just a matter in GPP of which guys do I play together which guys have negative correlation, like can they hit their ceilings together? But we've seen in high total games, I mean, we saw in the Grizzlies game that went under. People jumped on board, 
and people got snowflakes. So this may be because it's an early game, especially that it's a game that maybe you take certain pieces of not full stack or anything, see what happens. And then you have all the leverage you want later and you can do tons of late swaps. Uh, but if I'm going to play one guy in this game, it's going to be Zach Levine uh, on both sides on DraftKings and FanDuel because in this matchup, I mean, he could, he could put up 60 points, but if he doesn't, the point that I'm making is that if he doesn't, I don't see Chicago only scoring 80 points in this game. So if Levine has a snowflake game, I, I'm expecting one or two of these other guys, like Young, Sadoransky, Hutchinson, White, Cornette, like Archie Diacono, to get enough points for their salary that you'd want to have them. Yeah, so I like Kobe White a lot here um, as a value play. I like Hutchinson a lot as a value play. Um, Sadoransky, love him as a value play. Um, like, I don't mind playing a couple of these guys together. Um, it, like you said, it's an amazing matchup. It's, you know, uh, amazing pace up spot for Chicago. Um, you know, they're middle of the road. They're 16th in pace this season. We know Washington's a top five team in pace. We know Washington doesn't play any defense. So you don't get a better upgrade than a matchup against Washington if you're a, a guard in general. So love the Chicago guys, you know, especially with all these guys out. So really not going to be able to talk me off of anybody on the Chicago side. Um, I'd be using my groups though. I, you know, roster construction, I feel like is very important when you're looking at Chicago here. Um, the Washington side of things, like, you know, if you're playing, you know, two, potentially three Chicago players, like, you know, you're probably running it back with like a Bradley Beal, a Bertans, um, Hatcher Marrera, Ish Smith, one of these guys or two of these guys, like I, I could see myself using like a four man game stack in this game. Well, definitely. Obviously I would prefer in GPP to do, if you're going to do like a two, one, a three, one, something like that, not playing Levine and Beal together because it's going to limit your, your cheap options in all the other games, which there may not be as many. So I think I'm more likely. I mean, we, we, we've already said this is a high total game. This is probably the best DFS game on the slate. So I'm not saying that to get away from things, but I could see playing Beal with like Sadoransky and Hutchinson. But if I'm playing Levine, then I'm playing him with like Ish Smith and Davis Bertans. Like, so I could condense that stack to – be uh, a lower salary so then I could take like better players in the other games so really that's my only that's that's my only standpoint here I like everyone I mean I'll even play Troy Brown Jr. or Napier off the bench at their prices at, at low 4ks the problem is just you make your groups so you're not grouping people together and the front court to me is the more interesting part against Chicago playing Hatchamora, Bertans, Mo Wagner, Mahinmi I mean I mean, it's it's a lot of bodies, so it's a matter of which player you want to take a shot on. But I could definitely see one of the front court players having a ceiling game. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised here if Shabazz Napier um, is a guy that like sneaks into a big tournament play, you know, large field tournament, just because he shot zero for seven in his second game against Memphis and still put up seventeen fantasy points. So, like, this is a guy that. Maybe they bump him up a few extra minutes here. Um, and at 4,200, I think Shabazz Napier is a guy that has a ton of upside here. I, I really just hope he doesn't get a ton of, like, ownership. But it, I think it also – I don't see that. Oh, not, out of all these guys, I think, like, Ish Smith is only 500, 500, 600 more, and he starts. If anything, Ish would get more ownership. 
That's why, like, I'm looking at, like, Brown and Napier as, like, those are the sneaky plays. All right. Uh, I just want to make sure, like, I'm not going crazy here. I think Napier would be under the radar, but. All right. Uh, moving on, we got San Antonio at OKC, 220.5 total here. Um, Thunder favored by 6.5 in this game. Basley is the only guy out. Um, DeRozan, back spasms, got ruled out Monday. Um <laughs> After just, lock, after lock. Yeah, it was just it was just one of those like it was again it was just the Popovich. craziness. Pop, we got popped. We normally don't get we don't get popped anymore with the injury reporting. Now we got popped. I don't know. Did we get popped or was DeRozan really banged up? Like oh, we know would know. They they look at the Bulls. <laughs> they put everyone in the injury report. We don't know what's happening. They're trying to skirt around the rules. Maybe they knew DDR was going to be out. They're like, I'll oh, just have back spasms a couple of minutes. and you'll be fine. <laughs> um, So, obviously, we don't have an injury report coming into this one for the Spurs. We'll have to kind of see. But they've been they've been kind of terrible this season on back-to-back. So, um, is there anything standing out to you for San Antonio? Well, I mean, if everyone's healthy, I mean, you could play DeRozan or Aldridge. I mean, they're, they're 7,200, 6,700. To me, I view the Spurs – from from a GPP perspective as like I'll only play them if I'm also playing Thunder players because like you said this is a road back-to-back against a good defensive team in a slow-paced matchup so like if they hit their ceilings I'm gonna have to assume it's a close enough game that I want to play Thunder players with them so to me it's either um, if I'm playing any of these guys if I'm playing Murray or Mills or Rudy Gay at minimum or anything like this, like I, I want to have Thunder with them, but like nothing specifically stands out because the Spurs on a back-to-back with Pop there, I don't even know what these rotations are going to be. So in like GPPs, I could see like sprinkling Derek White in, sprinkling a, a, a Bryn Forbes in, and just they, they get 32 minutes all of a sudden, and you know Deontay Murray gets 36 minutes or he gets 14. So yeah. And they're cheap enough to take shots on, but I, if I were to pick one out, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I think it's all going to depend on DeRozan. If DeRozan sits, I think Forbes, um, 3,500. I think White at 4K. Like, these guys become interesting tournament plays because it's a back-to-back, um, you know. I think, like, DeJounte Murray becomes, like, the guy that maybe loses the minutes on the back-to-back with him with them kind of just limiting him all season. So I was quickly trying to pull it up. Um, this game's almost over. They're playing in Denver. Um, this game's almost over. So it looked like Lamarcus played 34. Dejounte Murray played 33. Lyles played 28, and Forbes played 28. White only played 18 minutes. Lonnie Walker um, played 27 minutes. So I think Lonnie Walker, if DeRozan's out, you know he's another guy you can kind of throw into the mix. So we're just gonna have to kind of watch the injury news. But I have a hard time like. DeJounte Murray is going to end up playing 34, 35 minutes in this game um, on Monday. Like, are they really going to roll him back out there for, like, more than, like, 25 minutes? They've been very careful with him this year. Yeah, Derek White season. Derek White season, indeed. So, um, the Thunder side of things, like, these guys are cheap. Like, they're all under 7K. Like, I, I don't love the Thunder here, but, like, I like the pricing. Um, you know, Paul, SGA. You know, Schroeder, Adams, Gallinari, all these guys are just cheap. And, like, it's not like the Spurs play great defense and the Spurs are on a back-to-back. The only issues that I have is, like, does this game stay close? I think it doesn't matter at these prices. I think you're more likely out of the bunch to play Gallo at 5,800 
on DraftKings because he's small forward eligible. And you're going to see uh, small forward is not the greatest of positions. So if you're able to fill that spot with, with Gallo, powerful, you know, something like that, uh, I think that's more beneficial than at point guard where we have options in that price range. We may, we may want to take a point guard from, uh, depending on uh, uh, the news, from New Orleans. Like, I'm, I'm viewing, like, Chris Paul as, do I want to play Paul or do I want to play, like, Holiday or Ball? Do I want to play Paul or do I want to play Levine? Like, I, I just the Thunder guards rate out as secondary plays only because I think other guys on the slate are better. Just that at small forward, power forward, I think Gallo under 6K maybe is not a ceiling play, but I think in cash games, you definitely play. Yeah, like I have no issues taking shots on any of the Thunder guys. Like I would be very careful like how I how many like how many teams I build with each one of them, but outside of that, like, you know, I think that you, you definitely definitely have some upside at these prices. Just they're price plays for me. And like you said, it's really gonna depend on what happens with Brandon Ingram in this next game. Uh, Portland at New Orleans, no total in this game. Collins, Mario Hazonia, Ronnie Hood, Little, all these guys are still out uh, for Portland. And on the New Orleans side, Ingram is questionable. Miller and Williams remain out. Uh, let's start here with Portland. There are going to be a couple guys down here, but, man, I know he's not been playing great, but Carmelo Anthony at 4,900, um, like, <laughs> he's going to be popular, right? Not necessarily. I mean, Ariza had that big game, played 40 minutes and put up a big score. I could see Ariza being for five for 600 cheaper being popular. It uh, seems like I, pricing is really soft today. Yeah, but I mean, but you still have to make choices. You can't fit all these guys in a lineup. Me, personally, uh, the best play on, uh, on Portland continues to be Whiteside at 8,100. I don't mind playing McCollum at, at 6,400. Uh, the only guy that I will likely, even on a, on a five-game slate, have zero of is Damian Lillard over 10K because I'll – hey, I, last time we were on the podcast, I said I'm having zero any day, put up a snowflake game. So uh, It was a snowflake game. Right. So that I'm, I'm – morning grind game comes, you know you know what my answer to one question would be. It's going to be not playing Damian Lillard at 10-3 on draft. <laughs> um, yeah, like – I don't mind Dame here. I just feel like he's not going to be the type of – like, it's just not going to be that type of build for me today. Like, I'm probably going to live in the 8K range and on these value guys and try to get more, um, like, three or four of these guys instead of playing, like, maybe one or two 10K guys. So, I don't mind him, but, like, I think it's a better matchup for, like, Whiteside. I think Whiteside could absolutely smash in this matchup at 8,100. Um, CJ McCollum, if I'm not playing Lillard, I don't mind taking a shot of McCollum, you know, Mello, like I said, his price, Ariza, like you said. Um, but yeah, outside of that, like, you know, Ariza, you know, I hope people look at like the nine minute game against Utah. He got ejected in that game. So, um, on the new Orleans side, obviously it all depends on Brandon Ingram. He's dealing with an ankle injury. Like, they held him out of practice on Monday. They're hopeful he plays, but, you know, we'll kind of have to just see because if Ingram's out, it just – it makes this game so much more interesting. Definitely. But even if Ingram's in, okay, I'm, I'm going to ask you, Stevie. I know I'm, I'm going by, like, basketball terms and not, like, mathematical stuff. 
but sometimes you have to figure it in, and it's what that's what projection models do. Uh, who plays the four for Portland? Probably Mello, right? Ah, so yeah. why, why wouldn't you want to play Zion Williamson? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like if if, Zy, if Zion's going to play if he's, against he's Mello, to, right? He's up to good minutes, so. Like, if Ingram's out, like, it makes Zion even a better play. But if Ingram's out, like, I don't mind playing Ball, Holiday, Williamson. I don't, I mean, Favors, eh, not so much. I mean, it's, it's, uh, when, uh, when Portland, when, uh, when, when Whiteside comes out, like, a lot of times, like, Anthony is playing the five, or they have Swanigan come in, or whatever. So, like, I don't see Favors minutes of being affected by Ingram whatsoever. It just makes it like, okay, maybe you play a J.J. Redick at 4,500. Just the usage goes around a little bit more. But uh, but in my opinion, that I think Zion may be the best play from the Pelicans regardless. And then if Ingram's out, then I want to play the guards. Then Ball and Holiday become much more interesting to me. So it's a pretty small sample. Obviously, Zion um, only activated here over the last few weeks. And – 35.7% usage rate, averaging 1.65 fantasy points per minute with Ingram off the floor. So only 80-minute sample size, but obviously we can kind of – the writing's on the wall, and it's a matchup with Mello. Like, you know, um, couldn't agree more with you on Zion in this spot. Um, even if Ingram plays, I still have interest in Zion. Uh, if Ingram sits, I agree with you. Drew, Lonzo, these guys become interesting plays. If Ingram sits, I think Josh Hart becomes a really interesting play as well. My only issue with Hart, and this is kind of like a catch-22, I don't like the price tag, but I do feel like the price tag could keep him lower owned even with Ingram off the floor because we have all those value guys that we talked about with Chicago. Um, we, we talked about a couple guys with Washington, you know, so – San Antonio potentially has some value. So, like, I think Josh Hart being a little bit more expensive than some of those value guys, Hart might fly a little bit under the radar here. Um, so, if Ingram sits, like, I think Hart's really interesting as well. Um, maybe even J.J. Redick. Right, but that's only if Ingram sits. If Ingram only if Ingram sit, sits, sits yeah. Hart, I, I'm not paying 5100 for Hart. Zero interest if Ingram doesn't sit yet. So, if Ingram plays, really the only guy that I have interest in is Zion. Like, I wouldn't mind taking a tournament shot or two on, like, Lonzo. But, yeah, Zion would be the guy for me. Zion's going to crush in this matchup. He should crush in this matchup. He, he should, should. He should. He's not going to. He should. He should. High probability. <laughs> Boston at Houston, 230.5 total here. Houston favored by 2.5. Um, both these teams kind of getting healthy here. Robert Williams out. Eric Gordon out. That's really the only injury news that we have going into this one. Jalen Brown, these guys are expected to play. Um, so let's start here with Boston. Everybody coming back. Um, it's a great matchup going up against Houston. This should be one of those games that we have like three really, even potentially even like four really game stackable games on this slate. Uh, I think this is the game that's going to, uh, I mean, maybe the Clippers Sixers people don't pay attention as much to. I just think in this game, the with Boston being healthy, people aren't going to want to play these guys at these prices. And uh, with the Rockets and Harden and Westbrook, people are going to rather play like Zach Levine or Kawhi or Embiid or, you know, Drew Holiday or Ingram. Like, 
there are other people at those price points that, like, out of all the games, for a game to have a 230 total, this may even be the under-owned game of the slate. And just like I said with the Clippers-Sixers game, where if I'm going to play Kawhi, I'm playing Embiid. You know, I'm playing one of each side. I feel like this is a very similar game. That if I'm going to – I probably will not play more than one Celtic with them all healthy. You can play Tatum. You can play Kemba. You can play Hayward. You can play Brown. You can play you – can, you can play any of these guys. But I can only play one of them at these prices. And then on the other side, I play Harden and Westbrook. And I think the combination of that uh, – from what I can tell based on these prices and the context of the slate, I think it will be an under-owned combination. And if you told me that Kemba put up 50 and Harden put up 75 or Westbrook put up 65, like you wouldn't be shocked. And these guys for a five game slate may come in much less owned than they really should be. See, I love Kemba here. Um, I hope he kind of flies under the radar. Like, I love Kimba. I, I've talked about it so many times this season on this podcast. If we look at, like, his pace-up games, they're so much more productive than his non-pace-up games. Houston plays at the second fastest pace in the NBA. This game's in Houston. This game's going to go faster. This game could go really small. Um, like, we might not see, like, a lot of Cantor and Tice. Like, this could be one of those games that, like smashes the over of 230 and a half. Um, that's just back and forth, back and forth. So I like Kimbo a lot for tournaments. I don't think it'll be an optimal cash game play. I, I, don't, I wouldn't really talk you off of it, but I think there's going to be better routes in cash, but I think he's a fantastic tournament play. I think Gordon Hayward is another guy. They don't really have anybody to kind of match up with Gordon Hayward defensively. So I think Gordon Hayward is another guy like, I would be very careful on playing like Kimba and Hayward together or Tatum together. Like, but I have no issues rolling these guys out there. Houston, they allow the fifth most fantasy points per game. Um, it's just, this is going to be a good spot for Boston overall. It's just, this game's going small, like get ready. Um, I would not be playing Tice and cancer here. Tice came back the other night and played like 30 minutes in his first game back. Good for him. Um, I just don't see this game. I, I just see these guys playing small. And, um, like, I see Tatum potentially playing the five at points of this game. Um, I, agree. I agree, and that's why on the Rocket side, I mean, obviously you have Harden and Westbrook. But I, 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 I really think that you could play Covington House. You could play a, a, a P.J. Tucker center against the Celtics because this is the type of game – where Tucker playing the five actually does make sense, right? He doesn't have to match up against the traditional center. So I think he can get much more involved in both sides of the ball, get rebounds, uh, get, get, you know, layups, and, you know, play, play almost like the compeller role against, against the, even against Daniel Tice. So I think in the past matchups we've seen Tucker, we've been just looking going, how the hell is he going to guard Gobert? Or how is he going to guard Towns or something like that? I think there's, I think people are going to look and go, eh, what, what, should I play Trevor, uh, Trevor Ariza or should I play P.J. Tucker? Should I play Carmelo Anthony? Should I play Daniel House? And I think more people are going to go with the Portland guys. They're going to go with the Chicago guys at that price. They're going to go with the, uh, Josh Hart if Ingram's out. And I think – I really think that for the total of this game – it's going to go under own because they really don't stand out individually as better plays than the other play the, the other uh, players on the slate, but they're not dramatically lower plays. So 
Like you may get these guys at like a third of the ownership and I'm willing to take a shot in GPP. Oh man. Um, yeah, I don't Is that mind a good Tucker. old man or is that a bad old man? I agree. I think Tucker is a guy like, you know, this is a much better matchup than like facing like Rudy Gobert. <laughs> like, like, you know, if you look like, man, that Rudy, he had three rebounds. This dude's playing the big, like he's playing the center position, but, I honestly, I think the guy that, you know, we're going to be looking at and talking about a lot down the stretch here is Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, his rebound rate is going to go up with Capella gone. Um, so 9,900, I honestly, I think this is a spot that Russell Westbrook has triple-double upside. Um, you know, James Harden, he's going to shoot. He had a triple-double last game against Utah. I have no issues playing him. It's just 11-4. I, I think, like – I do think he has a higher ceiling than Westbrook, but I think their ceilings are pretty close and I get, you know, a $1,500 discount. So I'm probably going to end up playing Westbrook over Harden um, most of the time here. So, um, all right, let's play the morning grind game. Cruising right along today. Um, favorite play under 5k to seven X. Who do you got? I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep with the theme. PJ Tucker. I'm either going to be really right or really wrong. <laughs> Um, let's see. I want one of these Chicago guys. Is Kobe, Kobe White, White under 5K? Is he under 5K? Yeah. That's who I want. Kobe White. Um, all right. Let's see. Over 8K to go under 5X. Lillard, right? Yeah, that's that's the easiest <laughs> one of the slot. Um, already already had it written down. You know what? I think Ben Simmons struggles in this game. I'm going to go Ben Simmons. Favorite 6X play. Who do you got? 6x that is okay let me look could be any price okay because i got the weird one okay i can't use that okay so i'm gonna go with the uh, hachamarera as you would call <laughs> um i butcher his name a lot too that's fine he still appreciates me talking about him um let's see oh there's like i'm like signing on two guys I'm going to go with Kimba Walker. Let's get weird GPP play. Who do you got? Troy Brown Jr. All right. You you take Napier. That's almost like uh, the Yeah, I, I, I already had it written down. Um, so, game selection question. I know you like to mix it up. Uh, what do you got for us today? Okay. I, I, I never know what to say during this for a for game selection question. Uh. Okay, I, I do I do this often on the uh, on the pregame show. If you watch at eleven a.m. Eastern, we we do have a a free show on YouTube. Like and subscribe. I'm on often, although we do have Kyle and Brett and Tuttle uh, on as well. Uh, I review a lot of the slates, and I pointed out uh, on this past show how recency bias affects the lower stakes way more than the higher stakes. So I know a lot of people that listen to this, this podcast are playing the lower stakes, may not play in the 222, may not play in the $44, you know, multi-entry type of thing. Uh, so guys like Korkmaz, like what I said before, like I'm not going to play any of them because of the game log watching, I'm pretty sure will be like three times as owned in like the $1 and one then he will be in like the 222. Like the smarter players are going to know that that Corkman 
can't be sustainable and he's not going to get the minutes. I mean, maybe a, maybe ends up I'm turning wrong. It's wrong. He puts up another 50 point game, but in the lower stakes, his ownership is probably going to spike due to recency bias. Take advantage of that. So when you're calculating like who to play, who to fade, stuff like that, the guys that have had recent success, that's not sustainable, be more inclined to fade in the lower stakes. In the higher stakes, people know that it's not sustainable, but who knows? Maybe it's sustainable for one more game. So if you're going to play someone like Firkin Korkmaz, maybe you do play them in a high-stakes contest because everyone else isn't going to play them. But in a low-stakes contest, you should do the reverse. Speaking of low-stakes contests, I'm going to go to my low-bankroll players today. Um, I like to mix it up. The 5K Elbow Shot single-entry tournament over there on DraftKings. It's a $2 buy-in tournament. Pays 23% of the field. Top 10 is getting less than 30%. You know, somebody's going to turn $2 into 500 It's a really strong tournament if you're building a bankroll, if you're experimenting with single entry. It's a strategy. Like, what Jordan was just saying, like, this is a $2 tournament. Um, obviously, it's going to be a lot different uh, than the 222 or the $100 tournament. Ownership's obviously going to be way different in the $2 tournament. So, Take what you're learning and start working on these single entry tournaments and, you know, work your way up, build that bankroll. So check out that $2 tournament over there on DraftKings. Elbow shot, 5K, $2 single entry. Um, favorite over-under, what do you got for us today? Okay, here's, here's the over-under that we're going to use today for the joke. Over, okay, it, it, it's not an over-under. It's more like a prop and more like a matchup bet. Who has, uh, which is going to be higher? Carmelo Anthony missed shots or Zion Williamson made shots against him? Uh, field goal. Just field goals. I would take Melo. You still think he's going to miss more shots than <laughs> Zion makes? <laughs> yeah. He's going to chuck. No, I don't know. Maybe Zion. I, I think that one's, that's, a good, that's a good one. I'd have to actually – I'd have to really think about it. Maybe I, maybe I switch to Zion. I don't know. That, that, one's, that one's close. Um, all right. I'm over on sharp side. If you guys haven't checked out sharp side, we got the street contest going on over there on sharp side. The app is awesome. We're five for five blender. We, we're, we are at that point where we can start, uh, making some money here with this next pick. So I feel like the pressure's on. I'm, I'm five for my last five. I've been rolling here. I've already locked this in. Like I've already swiped over. I've already locked this in 1130 at night, the night before I'm, taking Washington minus two and a half. Um, I like the Wizards a lot to cover against Chicago. I also think you could take the over in this game. I think this game is going to go over, but I like Washington. I think Washington beats Chicago in this game. Lock it in. Sure thing. Lock. Sure thing. I didn't think it happened. Lock it in. Five for five. I'll, I'll mess up. Um, I usually do over-unders, but uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I'm just waiting for P.J. Tucker to give me six points. All right, six and a half. <laughs> six and a half. You might outscore Busher. Um, that's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. We'll be back finishing out a uh, week before All-Star break. Tomorrow, talking some more hoops. I hope everyone has an awesome day. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.